You got fired? You got fired from four jobs. What? My I've kids never been know about fired. it. <laughs> Give it time. The night is young. Is that a dare? <laughs> I'm like, I probably shouldn't have said anything. Like, Let me be your first one. You're fired. I'm Josh Sigmund. And I'm Bryn Rouse. I'm a mortgage guy with a passion for helping people with their money and all things business. Bryn is my co-host. And I'm a marketing girl. I am literally obsessed with it. Oh, and Josh has showed me how to save money. Quite a bit, actually. Because of her obsession, I hired her to do my marketing. And we've worked together for 10 years. We launched Sigmund Sense in 2020, a podcast about money. It's a podcast that teaches people how to save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. And we recorded and published 34 episodes. People liked it, and it was so fun. But most importantly, we helped people. So we're excited to announce we're doing a second season. And we're mixing things up. We're moving away from money talks to focus on all things business, leadership, management, team building, book reviews, hiring, firing, operations, motivating teams, lead generation, time management, personality profiling, closing skills, and of course money and marketing. We are inviting you to continue this journey with us and we want your input. What topics would you like to see covered? Email all of your ideas to our podcast email address, sigmundsense at gmail.com. And be sure to click that subscribe button when you visit our channels. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. Are you ready? Season two, getting down to business. Welcome to Sigmund Sense. This morning, so I work out the same place every single day, five days a week, basically. Uh, four days minimum. But this girl, like, there's no one there when we go in the morning. The only girl, that there's one girl that is there. Uh, her name is Jess Davis. So I've got to give a shout out to Jess. And she's just a baller. Like, the girl's got kids and helps out with her husband's business. And um, she's just there. She, like, she never misses. So this morning she comes walking in. She's got a broken arm or a broken wrist, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, what's going on, Jess? <laughs> and she said, um, well, I broke my wrist. I said, how do you do that? She said she was roller skating. And I was like, I when? I broke my tailbone roller skating. <laughs> right? I was like, was really? You broke, your, you broke your wrist? And I was like, when? She's like, yesterday I said, and you're here. And she said, well, there's, there's people with excuses and there's us. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I just love that. I think I've told that story like five times a day now. But um, that girl is a perfect example of like, just get it done. There's a million and one excuses yeah, totally. of why you're not going to work out or why yeah. you're not going to uh, make your sales calls or why you're not going to write thank or you what notes. Derails or derails you. Yeah, or it's like whatever. there's yeah. something that always happens. And she said, well, I've got another armor I've got to work out. And I've got two legs <laughs> I've got to work out. And, uh, you know, it's just it's super impressive to me. So I, I thought I'd it. give her a shout out this morning. But what yeah. we wanted to follow up on is our second part of the conversation about negotiation skills. And I uh, wanted to go ahead and dive right back in, if you're good with that, too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So where, where did we leave off? We left off with kind of the mindset piece, right? We did. So, yeah. So the previous episode, well, we, okay. So to back up, we finished off a very long series of all these closing skills. And so um, we thought the natural next step would be to talk about the negotiation piece of this, because yep. as you defined last episode, that closing skills drive top line revenue while yep. the negotiations really drive profitability. Yep, exactly right. And so, so they go hand in hand for sure. Yep. And um, so, yeah, last episode we completed uh, the thought process of the different mindsets to mm -hmm. uh, to have while you're negotiating or even 
before you start the negotiation. Um, So we talked through, you know, the subservient mindset, the gunfighter mindset, and then also the win-win. And so now we're going to go into the actual skills and um, really what it looks like to be uber committed to your value, product, service, and why that plays such an important role in your negotiations. Yep. So... There's lots of currency that I think people need to consider when it comes to negotiation skills, right? So obviously, everyone always jumps to the thought of it's all about money. Uh, but I also would argue that it's about time and about the people you get to work with, right? Yeah. So the reason I say this out loud is that um, commitment to value, product, or service is super important. The more committed you are, mm-hmm. the better the chance of a out- great outcome in the negotiations you have. Uh, the less committed you are to your v- value product service, meaning uh, I'm selling this widget, but I know you can buy you know, a 10 times better one for half the price on the internet right now if you found this widget. Uh, you would not be that committed and you would probably lose or, or bend greatly in that, that yeah. negotiation. But uh, I'll just use Jess as an example since I brought her up at the beginning. So she has apparently uh, multiple breaks in her wrist in her upper hand. And there's only one the best uh, surgeon anywhere, right? The best hand surgeon. There's one the best. And so when it comes to my body, my hand, my knees, I I prefer to go to the (laughs) best. So when Jess came in this morning, she didn't have a cast on. She had one of those, you know, uh, splint kind of looking things. Yeah. And she's, you know, going to go through the whole process with MRIs and talking to surgeon, all this. But imagine if uh, it was the difference of you having the use of your wrist the way you had it before versus uh, you might lose a little bit of mobility and strength. Yeah, that would not be good. Uh, I would rather wait yes. three to more days to see the best surgeon. Mm-hmm. And if this, the, the best surgeon said, I only do operations from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., I would be there at 5 in the morning even though I'd like to sleep in. <laughs> and if the best surgeon said, and my price is twice as much as the next best surgeon, I would still pay it, Right. So just trying to put that picture to all of you out there that the commitment level, if that surgeon knows I am the best surgeon right. in this low, you know, South Texas area and I'm full, you know, I've got a, a, I've got a line of people that want to see me because unfortunately people break their bones all the time. Mm-hmm. Then I can charge what I want, do business when I want, work with who I want and when I want and yeah. take it or leave it. Right. So that's going to be that. Never split the difference mentality of this. I'm going to get this and only this, nothing but the, but this. So help me God. Right. Mm-hmm. So you go the other, uh, other than the spe- spectrum and we're almost back to, well, we're in the hottest market of my lifetime. Right. Uh, very similar to prior to the big mortgage market meltdown back in 06 from a standpoint of just activity, not from a healthiness of the market. Right. right. Um, but when things went bad with the mortgage market meltdown in seven and eight, uh, the commitment to value that builders gave to their products was diminished. So prior to the mortgage market meltdown in four, five, and six, and seven, or up early seven, you had builders that would literally tell you what the price was, take or leave it, and people would line up and be on a wait list to buy a condo in Palm Springs on a high rise of a condo that hasn't even been built yet, and this is the price, take or leave it. And then all of a sudden the mortgage market, melt, uh, market uh, meltdown happened and builders were 
giving it away. I'll take 50% off or whatever they could take off. You can use whatever lender you want to work with. I'll leave the keys to a Porsche in the, in the, in the freaking garage. <laughs> their commitment to their value, product, and service had definitely changed. Down, yeah. And so th- I just want to kind of point that mindset out of uh, if you're not committed to the value product service, work on it. Like work on improving yeah. the value that you offer, improving the service that you offer, improving the product, you know, understanding what is unique about it that makes it uh, a better product or service. And how you might do that is things like wow checklists that we absolutely. We've and you know, he's kind of talking from the ownership perspective. Um, I'm looking at it from an employee perspective. You know, I can remember my first job was at a place that I just didn't quite understand the prices. I just like, I could not understand why we were priced so much higher than everybody else. And you were selling uh, appliances, right? Yeah. And I was plumbing. Right. And, and I was, So imagine this, everyone listen, like plumbing fixtures and appliances. So you can spend $10,000 for a refrigerator or 800 at (laughs) at Lowe's. Right. (laughs) So this is what we're talking about. And I really struggled with that. I'm like, I could not get on board. I just couldn't, I didn't understand it. I was super young and I know I certainly did not ask the right questions if any questions at all, just kind of sat there super confused. Um, but I wasn't committed to it, I guess. Is, Which is, is very is interesting it. for you to say that because then as an employer, it's our job to make sure we articulate right. Here's what, that, what, they're what, paying is, what for. the differentiator is. So What's why it's worth you know, $10,000 yes. for a freaking refrigerator. Why? Like, how am I supposed to? Well, you know, right? Because certain refrigerators have ice makers <laughs> that make a perfect round whiskey cube, which I'm lacking right now, which, which I'd love to have. Which they sell everywhere. <laughs> but sometimes they're perfect cubes and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they can be unplugged and stay cold for four days. Sometimes they're warm in an hour. Some of them cost you 50 bucks a year to use, and sometimes they cost you $2,000 a year in energy to well, use. Where, where were you? How many years ago? Four, oh, I'm totally, I'm totally ago. pulling stuff out of my butt right now, but <laughs> I would imagine that there's got to be something like there that. There has to be a reason, right? And so anyways, point is I was, Ooh, I was warranty. incredibly, Ooh, uh, <laughs> I think it would probably be the use of a personalized consultant to help you design your household that makes sense. with, you know, and well, in, in all wet areas of your house, all, all your bathrooms and, you know, you don't have to look through shelves and shelves and shelves they're literally guiding you through through the, the process that's well said okay um that's my older self like looking back at the situation but the uh, but the point is like i i could never really buy into it and again going back to i probably didn't i know i didn't ask any questions at all <laughs> um but i also wasn't taught right mm-hmm. fast forward to today where I believe so very much in our value product and service that I'm able to get lots of personal friends and family members to help for, to allow us to help them get their mortgages Mm -hmm. for no other reason than I am terrified. If you use someone else, please don't do that because I don't want to see you get taken advantage of. I don't want to see you have a horrible experience. And I know that my team won't do that to you. Mm. If for any other reason, then my team is accountable, highly accountable to our referring partners Mm -hmm. first and foremost. But I also believe in what we've built. And that 
comes well, a, that comes across right yeah. to to my friends and family. So, you know, make sure that if you're an employer that you are constantly working on it. But as an employee, make sure that you're really bought in. And you understand it. And you or understand ask questions. Or ask the questions. That's super interesting. Ask the questions. Why? Help no, me understand I, I, why. It's, it's very interesting. Like, imagine being a, a business owner that built this, like, legitimately the best widget of all time in its space. Mm-hmm. And it's marginally more expensive, but it is for sure the best. For sure. And worth And it. literally have people on the front lines talking to clients that have no clue. No idea why it's worth the difference why is it worth the difference that's super interesting very interesting right i so bet you that is <laughs> first of all it's costing people millions of dollars in businesses <laughs> a year but if you were an owner I, we probably just made you some money 100 uh, like percent. Right, right so that was worth 100%. it so share this with your friends that sell widgets <laughs> yes okay make sure that people know why but you know again it'll help them sell but it'll also help them be way more um way more committed and if you if they do have negotiation power, right? Like mm-hmm. some employees do have negotiating power, some don't. But if they do, you better believe that if you've got their buy-in, they're not going to give away your money as, That's right. as quickly. That's right. For sure. That's well said. That's an angle I've never thought about. That's very well said. So then, you know, clearly the, it's out there. So separate the training. Work on it for yourself. Work on it for your company. Um, like... Plus ones are what we're talking about here. Uh, there's a book called Raving Fans that if you're really struggling with, if you have control of a uh, division, a company, a team, uh, working on improving the quality of the service or yes. the product, would be a, a, a great place to start would be a book called uh, Raving Fan by Ken Blanchard. Mm-hmm. Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple comments from that book that I really love that have stuck with me for over 15 years. Uh, namely the most important one is, uh, they say, listen to the silence. Okay. So what listening to the silence means is that the average American is afraid or doesn't think it's valuable or that it'll be heard. They will not give you negative feedback. Right. The average person won't. Now we assume that, uh, as Americans that no news is good news, which couldn't be further from the truth when it comes to business. Right. If people aren't seeing on the, on the mountaintops yelling your name and saying that you're the best, then you're just like everybody else. So let's use the analogy given the book about wait staff and bartenders, okay? So if I were to ask you, and both of us used to serve, um, as far as, like, we didn't serve in the military, we served liquor, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Just me. Yes, I don't want to... There, there is no, There's no uh, uh, bullshit valor on this side. Like, um, I'm not claiming that. I am claiming that I know how to, to throw beers, uh, absolutely. right? Absolutely. But... Uh, but we both served alcohol, and um, and and I, I I don't know about you. Did you ever wait as well? Did you wait tables? You oh wait. Yeah. Okay, so you did yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because you started there, then you met your husband, so you worked your way in the bar. Yeah. Got oh, it. Okay. But hello, Working I started up. at 15 years old waiting tables at IHOP at 1604 Okay, good. 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 I so mean, we're on the same page then. Yes. So my my first one was a Mexican <laughs> restaurant. You got fired from that job. <sighs> You got fired? You got fired from four jobs. What? My I've kids never been know about fired. it. <laughs> Give it time. The night is young. Is that a dare? <laughs> I'm like, I probably shouldn't have said these. Like, Let me be your first one. You're fired. I've never been I fired. fired by four jobs. Well, that's Actually, a different, that's now a different I, episode. Okay. Well, I do say this. There's a little caveat. I was, I did have a You're manager. You're about to be fired, so you quit? No. I did have a manager <laughs> attempt to fire me. Ooh. And... By the time I got home, the owner had called me and said, 
screw that guy. You're not actually fired. <laughs> you make sure you show up for all your shifts. That's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, manager. That's funny. <laughs> you messed with That's You funny. tried to fire the wrong person. Was it your husband that fired you? Nope. Okay, just making sure. Um, <laughs> He's the guy who wanted to be my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so where was it going with this? Um, God, we digressed badly there. We worked at a Mexican restaurant. It was funny, though. Nope. Back up, back up, back up. Back it up, back it up, back it up. Um, <laughs> we waited tables. Shit, where were we oh, no, saying? Okay, so yeah, I got it. I got it. So, um, so the uh, the book Raving Fans talks about oh, yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. silence, yes, right? So, the, the what they recommend or what they talk about is this concept of what a normal tip is, right? So, mm-hmm. as a waitress, if you're serving tables and and uh, you know it was an average experience, what would you expect to get shipped? Average experience. Like what would what's kind of I a, gave somebody an average experience. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So you did. You know you did. You kind of dropped the balls a little bit. <laughs> but first of all, do you expect to get a tip? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And what do you expect that tip to be? And what do you like think the social norm is? Ten to fifteen percent. Yeah, ten to fifteen percent. Yeah. And so I, I, I think if you were listening, and you were asking yourself the same question in your head. Like you could have a shitty experience and get ten to fifteen percent. I would say. Yeah, probably mm, ten's a low number. If I really was crappy, probably ten percent. Yeah. And then on the flip side, like you have a great experience or, or on the higher end of the experience, what would you say the standard good experience tip is that everyone probably says? 20%. 20%. And literally knocked my socks off, made me laugh and cry and everything between, <laughs> hugged me, uh, 25, right? $100 bill, baby. Right? Exactly right. I just <laughs> did that last week, actually. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I did that on this made weekend. Made someone's day. Yes. Yeah. I had that happen twice in my... Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, I told you we had the best experience at Jay Alexander. And you did uh, not tell me this. I love. Oh, great you weren't on the mo- you weren't on the Monday call. I told the story. I love great experience. It was an unbelievable experience. It was uh, my anniversary for my seventeenth. I brought the kids with us, and this girl knocked it out of the park. Good and, for her. And I made the kids do the math. So what's the tip? And they told me the tip. I said, so what is hundred bill? And they said, that's not the that's not what twenty percent is. <laughs> and I said, well, this is what you do when you when you get world class experience. It was a world class experience. So. It Good life lessons. Great life lessons. So my, here's the point. What I want you to hear, though, is getting a $100 tip, that girl's going to remember me. Absolutely. She did great. She got endorsed. A 20% tip is you did great. Like, you did, you did your it. job all the time. But the average American will still tip right. with shitty service. Yeah. So when you say listen to silence, what that's telling you is the average American would rather say nothing and give you money to not give you negative feedback. Yeah. They're that yeah. afraid. So not getting people saying, I, this is the best of the best of the best, this is the problem. So when we say working on your value proposition, working on your value product and service, mm-hmm. you got to survey people, find out you know, how you did, what you can do better. You got to find out how many times you can get them to say wow during the process. You got to um, personalize before you professionalize. Right. There's all these things you can do. You speak their language. Yeah, absolutely. You might, and, and if it's literally yeah. a tangible object, like you might actually have to upgrade the materials you're using, right? So, but this is worth it because when it comes back to negotiating, if you really know, like, here's an interesting one for you. Um, pacemakers. Important. Super fucking important. <laughs> like, if it breaks, right. in trouble, right? <laughs> yep. Like, battery life might matter. Might matter. Right. Yeah. So, absolutely. like, I really want to, if I ever have to get a pacemaker, and I really hope I don't need one, but if I ever, like... Like any up, get whatever it, you ask me to, one. the best, yeah. whatever it costs, I want that. Yes. Right? So um, same can be said, and this is going to be a shout out uh, of advice, <laughs> that the Bluetooth range on a continuous glucose monitor 
Oh, it should be really far. Yep. <laughs> it should be far. And I say that because my son obviously is a type 1 diabetic. He wears a continuous glucose monitor. And if he's not close enough within Bluetooth range to his phone, I get cut off from all readings, which means he's on his own. So do you constantly yell at him, like, carry on your phone? Yes. And I constantly yell at my yes. kids, yes. don't carry on your phone? I'm like, you know, here's the thing. If you were a 17-year-old girl, this would not be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if it were me, it would not be an issue. Like, my phone is always That's there. That's funny. If I didn't want him to have his phone, it wouldn't be an issue. That's but funny. because I'm like, where's your phone? He never has it. So they need to, <laughs> they need to increase the technology and spend yes, the money on better Bluetooth. Yes, it needs Bluetooth. to be better Bluetooth range. That's interesting. <laughs> so we're going to turn the corner here. So I think everyone gets the idea, the concept behind the more committed you are. Yes. Um the better the negotiation outcome is going to be. Uh, I think the last example I'm going to use here before going to tactics is maybe you're a person that's listening. You're like, I could never ask for something. I could never have that conversation. I could never give that kind of feedback. Uh, what the, the, the mental idea and how huge this concept is, is the, you know, I don't even know how many people die of cancer every year, but a whole lot. I lost so three many. friends in the last 60 days, yeah. um, specific to leukemia and lymphoma, believe it or not. So, that being said, um, if if somebody somebody developed a pill, and that pill, this one pill, could prevent you, if you took this one pill, from ever getting any type of cancer ever, what could you charge for that pill? If you were a salesperson, what could you charge for it? Whatever you okay, want. Okay, and here, let, let's say that that pharmaceutical company told you a million dollars. A million dollars. People would say, I could never sell a pill for a million dollars. Guaranteed you would. Yeah. If you actually believed, going back Especially to your belief, if you really, b- right, if you <laughs> actually believe that this pill yeah. would prevent you from getting cancer, and let's say that you're, you know that this person's mom died of breast cancer. And let's say you have right? cancer. Or, yeah, that as well. Or like, had cancer. Yeah, the, the reality yeah. is, is that the negotiation becomes null and void. It's like, this is the best. They're right. committed. This is what it costs. Like, beg, bar, stero, beg borrow, or steal. They're, you're going to be able to sell that, right? So... The last piece then is the um, the tactics, some basic tactics. And there's a lot more than the four we're going to cover today. But these are four that you and I learned uh, uh, through a, a coaching program called Vistage years ago. Um, and it's it's worth sharing because I think that they're the easiest. So if you've never considered yourself to be a good negotiator, these four tactics alone are enough to, A, make you laugh because I've had some good stories yeah, behind them. Yeah, they're funny. Uh, but B, they actually freaking work, and C, they will save you or make you money depending on on your use of them, and they're easy to practice. Okay. Yeah, totally. So, which of the four do you want to start with? Um, I th- pick one. Anyone? Silence. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> silence. So, silence is literally a negotiating <laughs> tactic, and I always say it's best used on uh, on children and husbands, <laughs> right? And parents. Now I have something. I have a really funny story. You have a funny story too. <laughs> yes. Okay, we like we like story time. And we're not in a rush. So, uh, so silence. So silence is literally um, one of those things that should like. Wi- so let's start with when would you use this? Okay, whenever you're in a negotiation moment where a number is dropped that is so asinine out of this world, it's best met with silence. Because what you're trying to do is get people to negotiate against themselves before you start negotiating with them. So let me give you a great example. So especially in this market, it is not normal to get off the listing price, let alone well below the listing price. But there's still investors out there that fire thousands of bullets a day 
to lowball houses right. to see if they can get one, right? So let's say the house is listed for 300000 bucks. It is worth 300000 bucks. The seller would, would be willing to let it go for 295000 just to get out of it. Um, and let's say that an offer comes across at two fifty, so three hundred thousand dollar list price. Seller is willing to let go for two ninety five, although the buyer doesn't know that. Buyer offers two fifty. Okay, what the most common weak negotiator, realtor, and and uh, seller would do is the the realtor would come back into the seller and say, Hey, we got a live one. We have an offer. It's not what you like. It's two fifty. But let's go ahead and keep this offer going. Let's go ahead and respond back at two ninety five. Let's see what they come back at. Right. So by re- by returning the offer with 295, the start the list price now is null and void. The 300 right. wasn't now a real you, number. Right. Like you're starting now at 295. You're not exactly. starting at 300, right? <laughs> and so what ends up happening is, again, usually buyers and sellers meet somewhere in the middle. Maybe that seller lets it go for 292 or 290 because mm-hmm. the weak-ass realtor kept that negotiation going. The better response, exactly right. So the better response then is nothing, silence, literally that tactic. So what would happen is offer comes across the 250, agent receives it, says nothing. The buyer's agent calls up the listing agent again, says, hey, did you receive my offer? Yep. (laughs) Day goes by. Buyer's agent calls back again and says, hey, did you you and the seller review the offer? Yep. (laughs) Says nothing. Eventually, the buyer's agent's gonna get the point and go back to the buyer and say, "Hey, if you really want this house, it's not 250. We have let's make a better offer." So maybe then they pop it up to 275. Here's the point: you want the negotiation to start closer to where you want to be than you drop the first number when it comes to that kind of scenario. So silence is the example. Um, You want to tell your funny story first? You want me to? So, um, so you know, I share so much of this stuff with my kids. (laughs) specifically my 17 year old daughter, but this was probably two years ago and her and her boyfriend at the time, maybe it was only a year ago. Anyways, her and her boyfriend at the time were in an argument and she goes, but don't worry. I have not responded because I know you've always said the first person to respond loses. loses. That's awesome. <laughs> See, you are making an impact on that girl. So proud. Good, good job. KK. <laughs> so if you're listening, proud. so proud of you. That is hilarious. So let me be the guy <laughs> that's a dummy, right? So the opposite side is when I was uh, much, much younger, probably in my mid-20s, I was already married, and uh, some of my buddies from college were back in town, and we ended up going out way late, <laughs> like not appropriate late. We didn't do anything wrong, but it was way, way too late to get home. The only thing you did wrong was stay out way too late. Well, yeah, for sure. Well, here's, here's, what, here's, the, here's the stupid guy logic. You know, you're with me on this one. The stupid guy logic is, uh, and at the time, Chrissy was, was teaching as a school teacher, so it was like a Thursday night. Oh so I knew God. she was going to be asleep after sure. 10 anyway, so I was going to see her anyways. Yeah. So if I got home at 10 or 12, it didn't matter, didn't right? Matter. And she was going to be up at uh, 5 in the morning to <laughs> yeah, go get ready for school. And I do understand that logically. It's like, you know, if I miss the most crucial point of the evening, I don't see her. What's the like point? Dinner, baths. Like, if I've already missed that, you better just 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 uh, just stay just on. Stick on so that's what i thought it's bad logic by the way it is so, horrible so what ended up happening was i mean it wasn't 12 o'clock it was probably three two oh. or three in the morning i come walking in and i'm tiptoeing in but it, no big deal chrissy's for sure gonna be asleep so i walk in and chrissy is not asleep she is sitting on the couch and i remember looking at her i was like hey babe and she didn't say anything silence and i say how are you doing and she said nothing silence 
And I was like, are you okay? And she said nothing. Silence. And I swear to God, I became like the exorcist of information. So I literally, I had done nothing wrong, but I felt the, the need to fill in the gaps. I was like, so here's where I was. Here's who I was with. This is where we were. Here's phone numbers. Like, and I, went, I did nothing wrong, but I literally like gave all the information up. So I think about like in a negotiation, if you were that person that's like, what are you thinking about this? Silence. Well, I could also throw in this. Yeah. Silence. Oh well, my God. If like, I don't like, if honest. I don't like sweeten the deal, I'm gonna lose this. Yeah. I could do A B C D F and G. Just blah, 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 blah. Negotiation win on and the silence side. And let's be honest, like silence is very uncomfortable for most oh, people. Super uncomfortable. <laughs> so <laughs> they yeah, are I was ready. sweating. I was sweating like it was a ditch digger. <laughs> and ready to get the silence over with. So I'll just start talking and giving up more info and yep. giving up more you know, all that, that information <laughs> can be used against you in a court of law. Yes. Yeah. So, it's like, you know, you talk yourself into objections. Yeah, like we've talked about exactly right. In other episodes. So <laughs> silence is tactic one. What's the second tactic you would like to talk about? Oh, let's do the swap out because yeah. Do the swap swap out. out super important. Uh, it's actually easy if you understand the uh, one of the closing seals we talked about in, the, in one of our previous episodes. But basically, it is uh, a obligation close is what you're looking for. Okay, So what a swap out is, is a very powerful negotiations tactic insofar as you're not agreeing, but you're also not disagreeing. Mm-hmm. And you're leaving the conversation open so that you're not the one making the final so that you are able to make the final call. Okay. Okay, let me say this again. Yeah, say it again. You are not agreeing to what was presented, okay. but you're also not saying no to what was, agree- what, what was presented. So you're trying to find a middle ground. So you're going to come up with a different solution. So here's a different potential solution. What okay. do you think? And it gives me the final say. So, for example, uh, I'll use real estate again. So we're negotiating, and you want the price of 300000 on this listing, and I didn't really think it was worth more than two ninety. Uh, but you have some really heavy-duty, badass furniture in the in the kitchen that I like, and I say, I tell you what. So you come back at three hundred. I'm at two ninety. I don't want the negotiation to end. I say, tell you what. If I will you, that's the script. If I if I you. pay the three hundred thousand, will you leave the kitchen furniture? Hmm. I like it. Did I say yes to the three hundred? No. Did I say no to the three hundred? Nope. So now it's back. It's I'm driving because I asked the question yeah. in the negotiation tactic. And you can say, yeah, I'd consider that. Or you could say no. no in which case, no, I'm really not. You know, I really love that. That, that yeah, was gifted to, to me. Go. Or it's a family thing. And it has family to go thing. with me. Cool. So, okay. So I totally understand that. Well, what about uh, if I went to 295 or what, if I went to 305, mm-hmm. would you consider leaving the furniture then? If I did 295 and I closed in 30 days, would you allow that? If I will, will you? If, if I will, you? If I will, you? And so the swap out is not agreeing, not disagreeing. I like that. And you keep on working back and forth. But ultimately, you could say no, and I could still come back and say, okay, I'll buy it for 300000 Yeah. So I make the final decision when I use a swap out negotiating tactic. I like that. And you always want to be the one making the final decision. Right? Yeah. Does it make sense? I actually really like that. It's been a long time since we've talked about this, and I really I really like that a lot, actually. 
like a whole lot. Well, it applies to so many things. That's right? that's the thing. It's like I'm running through all of these different places where oh, that dude. could work. Husband, wife. Like I like. Uh, so I I believe in my heart it's important for guys and girls both mm-hmm. to have a guys weekend and a girls weekend with healthy people, right? Like yeah. happily married other m- men yes. doing healthy stuff like fishing is not gonna get you in trouble. Right. Women doing women stuff, yeah. many speakers have at it, right? I really right. believe in that. Uh, but but we have a really bu- busy schedule, right? I've got three kids that play three sports Absolutely. each and I've got it's a business. Hard, I've, yeah. I'm, in, I'm involved in four companies, separate mm-hmm. of real estate, like lots going on. And when I leave, it does leave it lots leaves. of work with Christy. Yes. And so I use the swap out a lot in that, <laughs> like, uh, and I usually cut, start the conversation very early. So for example, my oh, buddies want me to go to Vegas, uh, Vegas trip with them in, uh, September. Now that's not necessarily the healthiest place to go to. So I concede <laughs> here, back to that healthy um, thing. <laughs> although these guys are really good people and they've never done anything wrong. So I'm fine with it. Uh, my point is, is that, um, what I've already started talking about is, Hey, I'd really like to go on this Vegas trip. I, I didn't go last year because of COVID. I didn't go the year right. before because we had all these sports going on. If I uh, if I do some of these things that you want me to do around the house and da da da, will you allow me to go or to Vegas? Or if I can organize and line up help in these areas. Exactly right. Then would that make you feel better? I'm gonna I use that tonight. I'm gonna, I don't that want. Might be the to, I don't want to leave and leave all of this on you, but I really want to go. Right. So if I, I get people to drive if, uh, if Mason I, yeah, to baseball can, and I get can, right, right, if I can organize carpools, if I can have somebody here two nights of the four that I'm gone. So that way that. you have some time to do whatever, like would that, would that help? And now I'm like, guys take about notes. It. Like that was well said and in insight into a woman's brain. Yes. Like I need to do it that way. That's yes. Better. Yes. Yes. <laughs> take remove. Like the hardest thing is being alone with all the kids. Right especially when there's multiple and you've got multiple, they have to be multiple places. So understanding what the challenge is and then removing things uh, related to that challenge. And Randy Rouse actually does a very good job of this. Um, In fact, the reason I went to that example is because anytime he wants to go and do, that's normally the place he starts is, Cause I don't mind being alone. I don't mind any of that, but it's like, how are you going to leave me with all these freaking kids? Like how, how are we going to get everywhere? So he always is very good about like, talk to my mom. She'll be here to do this. Your mom can do this. So Excellent. take note. So if, if I will, you yes. is called the swap out yes. a fantastic negotiation to keep you in the driver's seat to make the final call. Uh, but without closing the conversation. Yes. What's love the that. third tactic you'd like to talk about? The, Sidestep. Oh, sidesteps are great. We actually, I think, referenced this in the closing, right? We did. So the sidesteps. But in the previous episode, you referred to it as the swap out. So we have to make a little correction that it's actually the sidestep. You're absolutely right. The sidestep. I called it the wrong name, didn't I? Yeah. I make mistakes. It's true. I mean, jeez. So the the sidestep is best done uh, in person. It's uh, only because of the use of nonverbals that are super important. But the whole idea, so again, going back to when would you use this and why would you use this, it's anytime somebody's trying to peg you on a price before you have the opportunity to demonstrate the value product or service, um, it's just a bad place to be, right? Anytime somebody tries to, um, uh, so think about that subservient mindset. Anytime somebody says, get to the point. Before right, you can so do your pitch, right? It's you got to sidestep it somehow. 
and so the example I used in that episode, which I'll use again, is um, <laughs> you got to use your hands literally, ideally, yes. because people will watch your hands and you can literally like Yoda, Yoda mind yes. trick and move their eyes over the side and get back to the point. Uh, but what you're doing is you are A, acknowledging what it is that they said as being something that's important. Right. B, you are saying, can we set this aside for a moment? Because before we address that, can we talk about this first, yes. which is really important, right? So an example would be, hey, uh, you want to talk about rates and fees. That's really, really important. Before we do that, can we set that aside so I can better understand your goals? Do right. you plan to be here for five years or 10 years? Do you, put, do you yeah. want to put down 5% or 20%? What are, you, what are you trying to accomplish with this purchase, right? Yeah. Is this an investment or a primary? So uh, definitely cover your rates and fees questions. That's super important. But just for a moment, can we talk about what your goals are? Set yes. that aside for a second. So the whole idea behind this uh, is to allow you to go through the normal way of doing business if you're a business owner mm -hmm. or to get refocused on a different area which, uh, you know, be careful how you use this on your spouses, right? Um, <laughs> so so uh, the story goes that... <laughs> so, so what happened was... So what happened was... Uh, <laughs> I guess so funny. So what happened was uh, I'm supposed to take out the garbage uh, like a good boy, and I didn't. And I came home, and the garbage was in the back door, blocking my entrance... Super. So you couldn't avoid it, to be clear. That's why we put something Well, it was there. rude. It was in my way. <laughs> Mac, so you. It was in my way. And I'm, I'm tall, so I could step over That's it, which is The things I don't normal. want my family to forget, I literally put in their way, in their path. Yep. That's passive aggressive. You know that, right? And I don't, I don't deal well. I don't forget, deal well with passive aggressive. I don't want them to forget their water when they go to practice. That's so I put funny. it. In the doorway, you're saying only that with to anger. get home. You're look how angry you are. You're only so to get angry. home and it's still sitting there. They're just children. Like, Stop yelling at your children. You had to literally like kick it out of the way <laughs> to avoid right. it. So I stepped over this this uh, this bag of garbage that I should have taken out, and then I went and sat down on the couch. And my wife came over to me, correctly pissed to me, <laughs> and she's like, "Let him give me the riot act, like absolutely wrecking me." And I was like, and I just learned you know the skill. It wasn't I was like, about the garbage, right? I'm, sh I'm sure it was like the last thing I had done <laughs> that was uh, in a series straw. of things, right? That was just the straw. So literally, I was like, baby, 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 that's super important. You're right. You're right. You're right. But just for a second, can you sit down with me and tell me about your day? And all I did was I literally uh, waved my hands in front of her. So she's looking at my hands. I moved my hands to the side, put her down on the couch, <laughs> put my hands back in my lap, and said, can we just talk about your day? And damned if she didn't sit down and tell me all about her day. And I forgot to take out the trash later, but I didn't have to take it out at that moment. I got out of a lot of pickle. <laughs> so I, neg I negotiated myself out of a bad situation only to walk back into the trap door again. Again. Right. You had to like. Stupid human tricks. Stupid geez, human tricks. Jeez Louise. Jeez Louise. So it leaves us with the last. Well, and to, tactic, to, right? to make sure that the people who are only on audio are understanding is. You're using your hands as I, right in front of you, I want to talk about that. It's super important. So and your then hands you are talking in front of you, waving up and, and down. And then you move them over to the side. We're going to put that to the side. To and physically have an example of we're yeah. setting this aside yeah. for a moment. Setting the cup aside, yeah. And then you're going back to that. Um, what I think is really great about this and why I, it's one of my favorites is... We've talked a lot about how salespeople get really jolted when they're faced with an objection. Right. Like I know in our business, 
when people are like, no, 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 I just want your rates and fees. And we're like, but wait, there's so many other things to answer first, right? It jolts us and we have a really hard time getting back on track. And so this is a beautiful way to say, I'm not ignoring you. I know you want rates and fees. Just for a minute though, I have a couple of questions that I need to ask you that are gonna help get to answer your rate and fee question. And this is a very important thing for anyone that's listening that's ever gotten a mortgage or about to get a mortgage that is missing from my industry in large part is uh, all that is marketed on every internet website and on the Super Bowl is rate, 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 rate. And the reason this is not a sales tactic that I'm trying to like, this is about helping a client get what best fits them. Yes. If, if, if you call, if you call somebody and say, what's your best rate? And they say it doesn't serve you well. You're talking to an order taker correct? and that's all they are. Right. Um, what if you are a veteran that will be in San Antonio military city, USA for two and a half years for training and then ship back out the lowest fees matter, not the lowest rate matter. But if I responded with, well, I can get you a rate of 2.5% today, but it's normal fees. Instead of saying, but if you're going to be there less than or two and a half years and you're going to be gone for sure, like we can just go up to 2.875% and pay most of your fees for you, which is mathematically better for you. Correct. It wasn't about the rate. It was about the fees, but I never took the time to ask the basic questions to get yeah. what's best suited for you. So if you're listening to this, understand that if you're talking to any professional about money, so think financial planners, mortgage people, insurance people, and they don't ask you goal questions and you just call about costs, you're potentially costing yourself a lot more than you oh, think. So very much. Like it's it's staggering to me. Yes. Um, but totally, anyways, totally. last last skill. What's okay, the last, the last one, and this was super fun and also hilarious, which is the flinch. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so the flinch is real. Um, so we when I was taught this, I was told that 10% of all of Americans are flinchers, okay? So when you think about flinch, like literally think, um, uh, Josh, what's your interest rate? 3%. What? What? Are you kidding me? That's crazy, right? Um, So that's what a flinch feels like, sounds like verbally or Mm -hmm. non-verbally. We've all seen that. Maybe one of you are that, right? Uh, But the proverbial question is, well, why do flinchers flinch, Bryn? I mean, I think because they're flinchers, but I don't know. (laughs) Flinchers flinch because they're flinchers. So if you're a business owner or a salesperson committed to your value, product, or service, the reality is a flincher typically doesn't expect anything in return. It's just a test. Just a reaction. It's a test to see how committed you are to your value, product, or service, which is typically taught by generations of their family or their background or their uh ethnicity in some cases yeah. like there's certain ethnicities that argue a like this is if you don't get something then you left money on the table if uh it's we've we've all heard that if if you, you don't, don't ask, ask you don't get yeah right so but then also what if they're flinching because it's so much of a better price than they could have ever thought but you didn't even know because you're scared to death you're like you're oh my god they just freaked out <laughs> right so so I really, I was like, uh, you know, I'm not a flincher by nature. I'm just not, you know, I'm it's not like either. nothing, very little. I'm more phases of a gut me. puncher. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. But it's going to cost how much to f- fix this? Oh, that sucks. You have to fix your AC in your, in your car again. It's going to cost how much? Oh God. Jeez. Right. But some okay. people are literally like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding 
two thousand bucks. Yeah. This is only a three-year-old car. Well, actually, sir, it's three years or one month. You're a month out of warranty, right? <laughs> of course. Right. So, <laughs> the the reason why I say this is okay. So I'm gonna do both sides of it because if you're committed to your value product or service, the answer is yeah. I said two thousand one hundred bucks to fix your AC. Like that's what it costs. You're out of warranty, and that's what it is. Would you like to be cold or hot in Texas? It's 100 degrees outside. You can sweat or you cannot. You can be hot or you can be really fucking hot. Right? <laughs> exactly right. Welcome to Texas. You got 11 months of 100 degree weather and then you've got summer, right? Um, but the, so on the business side, it's, that goes back to maybe it's not you. I, I love that you said employee-wise on the last episode. If your team, if your company doesn't, isn't committed to value product service, that's when they're going to be like, oh, my God, this person's really angry. Do right. we uh, do something, change something, whatever? It's like, right. no, it's, that's just what it is. It's just what they do. Um, so yeah. the flip side, though, is this is something you can use to your advantage, right? So mm -hmm. the, the story goes that – so I'm an investor. I've got lots of rental properties. I don't know how to fix ACs. This was specifically an AC that happened. And when you have a whole unit go out, um, at the time, now prices vary and sizes of units yeah. vary – but I had my guy that's actually a trusted AC guy. He's now deceased, but he went out there. He's a great guy. And uh, this is a crazy story. He was chopped up by his wife and put in a barrel and lit on fire and spread the ashes. FBI what? story, like criminal story, like crazy story. Yes. What? It's a different story for a different day, but this is a true story. Oh um, so, yeah. So my AC guy, the wife uh, was wanted a divorce. He wouldn't give the divorce. So she, he chopped her up. So she chopped him up with her elderly mother who was an accomplice and they put him in a 50 gallon oil bucket in the backyard and burned him for three days till he was all ashes and then spread the ashes over the grass you can't make this shit up <laughs> right but he was a very pleasant guy she was actually <laughs> dude she was actually <laughs> the assistant like what are they called uh, if you're a a mom that goes in and helps out in your sc in, in school, like the mom, I mean, the mom that helps out the teachers, but isn't a teacher. The room mom. The room mom. She was a room mom. I yes. Feel like this is when terrifying. Christy, when, when Christy <laughs> was a teacher, she was the room mom for Christy. She is now serving life in prison without parole with her mother, oh, who I think died. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real. It's real. Welcome to my life. <laughs> so, anyways. I can't even. Yeah, I just said that. What? <laughs> right. So. So anyways, uh, I called my buddy, who, who, uh, who's a, he's a very trustworthy AC guy. And he calls me up and says, hey, Josh, I got good news, bad news. I've identified the issue, but, it's, but yeah, it's, you're screwed. You have to get a new AC. It's going to cost you like 5500 bucks. And I was like, I just learned this flinch thing. And I was like, what? And I started like kidding on my phone and like, what? Are you kidding me? I can't hear you. How much did you say? And like, he literally came back and said 3500 bucks. He thought he pissed me off. Don't you feel bad now? I feel really bad. I feel really bad. Maybe he couldn't afford the divorce. <laughs> that was the difference. Um, but what is crazy to me is like, if he had literally just came back and said fifty five hundred bucks. Yeah, I said fifty five. I would have said. I said fifty eight. Yeah, <laughs> if he had just come back and said that, yeah. I would be like, okay, I, that's what I thought okay, you said. Okay, I can't. Sorry about that. I just had a, had a conniption <laughs> flip. You're right, but it's it's simple. It's it's crazy to me that it was yeah. like a two thousand dollars savings just by flinching. That was it. Yeah. I flinched. I mean. But if he had. Just held his ground with his commitment to his value practice and service. Right. I would have paid it, yeah. right? Yeah, for so sure. So it works both ways. Think on both sides of the, uh, of the fence. Small, large, you know, flinching with your cable dealer. I'm. Are you what? kidding me? You're charging me 250 bucks. I only watch three channels three hours a week. 
right? Like, what do you um, mean? You know, you, you know, I'm going to go somewhere else. It's just a flinch. Just a flinch. And if they came back and they said, no, that's a price. Okay, but use this um, in the um, – use this as the salesperson. Use this as the – so if someone um, <coughs> comes to you and says, well, you know, I, I was offered a rate of 1.5% by my bank – what? Really? What do you mean? Like, you should definitely take that. You should totally. I mean, like, I haven't heard that in I've, I've ever. I shopped 86 <laughs> banks this morning, and not one of them is within three percentage points not of that. Not one of them. So, hey, good luck with that. So, <laughs> it can also be yeah. used, you know, to yep. to flinch back in the things that people ask for. Or when they're absurd. When they're absurd. Right. Which is the opposite of being silent, right? It's like, the yeah. sa- it's the same concept for negotiation. Yeah. But here's the whole idea behind this, right? Like, um, this season is about all things business. So uh, a little bit about time management, closing skills, some negotiation skills, and more to come for the rest of the season. But this is just a really important aspect because so many people are so driven on units, volume, sales, revenue, and not enough people take the time for their household or for their businesses to focus on what really matters, which is profitability matters, yeah, right? Like uh, a businesses that lose money every month, go out of business. Right. Businesses right. that make money every month, you can't go broke making a profit. So, and that's the same with your household, guys. That's if you're listening, like a lot of you guys are listening, are like, well, I don't own a company. Awesome. So your household is you Inc. I-N-C right. period. You Inc. So your business is profitable or not. You're saving money every month or you're losing money every month, which is i.e. adding credit, yeah. adding, you know, adding more debt. Um, yeah. And we can always tighten the belt, you know, and just because you are doing a great job saving money, um, does not mean that there's not areas that you can get better at. at And just because you're earning more doesn't mean you're keeping more earning more. I I need a raise. Cool. I still somehow spent more than I made, even though I got a raise last year. It's like, that's the difference between top line revenue. Yeah. And savings, which is no. bottom line, right? What are you keeping? What are so you keeping? Cool. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. There are crazy stories. So fun. So fun. Um, Absolutely. So if you want any more information or if you have a topic, an idea, um, anything like that, you can find us or email us at segmentsense at gmail.com and tell your friends and uh, the people that you love. Share the entire podcast with them. If you have any entrepreneur or CEO type friends, they'd like the information as well specifically uh your salespeople friends absolutely probably some good things for feedback them. is a must remember we're listening to the yeah. silence so absolutely. uh if you ra- are ranting and raving and passing on we really appreciate it if you're not <laughs> if you have some feedback for us that we can improve on we'd love to hear your thoughts opinions and your own stories so absolutely. until next time on sigmund sense we'll see you later cheers bye guys <laughs>